0: You can't fight, he said, withstand. You can't withstand, he said, stand. What does it mean to stand? He said, don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we've got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it fast for and our granddaddy did it like that, let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different
1: are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men.
0: Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a Fundamental Baptist.
1: Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. We're glad that you're here. Sound Doctrine number three. Sound Doctrine number three. This will be a theme probably through the Fundamental Baptist Podcast as we uh, talk about different passages and talk about Sound Doctrine. Sound Doctrine, we said, is doctrine that does not have holes in it, okay? Um, And boy, so much of what is preached and taught is full of holes and um, this boat is sound. It has no holes in it. Um, our doctrine needs to be that way. Our doctrine needs to be sound, and so much of it, honestly, when people say things, they do not look at it the right way and end up coming up with all kinds of crazy things. So Matthew chapter 7, we're going to look at today. Matthew chapter 7, it is one of the most uh, misunderstood passages in three or four different ways, and we're going to skip around and have you look at that. So how do you know it's not sound? Okay. How do you know when it is sound? How do you know when it's truth and how do you know when it's not? Okay. So the first one we talked about is, are there any holes in it? When you look at it, you go, well, what about, well, what about, well, what about? Okay. Uh, Are there any what abouts? If you can find holes in it, then it's not sound doctrine. Number two. So how do you know? Rightly divide the word of truth rightly divided. Uh, Some people, like for salvation, they believe the way to go to heaven is you have to hear, believe, confess, repent, be baptized, live a good life. Uh, Don't listen to, don't go to a church that uses uh, musical instruments. Take the Lord's Supper every Sunday, endure to the end, and hopefully you get to go to heaven. What are they doing? They're taking everything in the Bible that it says we're supposed to do and adding it up to say, this is how you go to heaven, okay? That's not, a, that's not what the Bible said at all. It's rightly dividing the word of truth. Should we do all those things? Absolutely. Do we do all those things to go to heaven? Absolutely not, because those things, most of them aren't saying, do that to be saved, okay? What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the context, rightly dividing the word of truth, okay? So number one, Does it have any holes in it? Number two, rightly dividing the word of truth, all right? How do you do that? By the context. Who penned it and what are they talking about, okay? Um, This is from the Apostle Paul to Timothy, It's not talking about salvation. Here's an older preacher teaching a younger preacher what he's supposed to know and what he's supposed to do. So I don't say, okay, when Paul told Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So here's out of context. All right, bless God, if you don't study the word of God every day, you're not gonna go to heaven because God said you're not gonna be approved when you meet Peter at those pearly gates and he says, why should I let you in? And they look at the books, you have not studied the word of God and you are not gonna go to heaven because you're not gonna be approved of God. Okay. That's out of context. Why? It's from an older preacher to a younger preacher. If I want to be an approved pastor of God, then I need to study the word of God to be approved of God. Make sense? That's the context. So who's it talking to and what is it talking about? I can't take any verse and apply it any way I want to. Who penned it and what are they talking about? Context. Okay. And then to compare scripture to scripture. If you take one verse and you interpret it one way that violates 10 other verses, then you misinterpreted it. How do you know how to interpret it? Look at the rest of the verses in the Bible on that subject. And when you do, these verses will shed light on this verse to help us to understand that. Okay? So a little understanding of how to do that. Does it have any holes in it? Rightly dividing the word of truth. What's the context? Who is it talking to and what is it talking about? And compare scripture to scripture so you shed more light on that verse to make understanding of that. Now we're going to do that in this passage of Matthew 7. Now each one of these passages I could take a lot longer with. The first one I'm going to barely brush over it. But uh, but I want you to be able to see and understand how. Okay. This verse, Matthew 7, 1, is, uh, is sometimes it's a, verse, the only verse that people know in the Bible. What is it? Judge not that ye be not judged. See, you're not supposed to judge. You're not supposed to judge. Um, Is that true? Uh, Yeah, uh, that's what it says. Now, when you read the rest of it, it says you're supposed to judge yourself first, okay? Take the beam out of your own eyes so you can help somebody else with the moat in theirs. Um, But How many times are we supposed to judge, and how are we supposed to judge? Um, So the Bible says that we are to judge righteously, Proverbs thirty-one verse nine. Judge righteously. Okay, Um, there are times when I'm supposed to judge, and this is a long thing to go into and I'll probably do this some other time, but to judge righteously means I'm to judge my own servant, my own children, not somebody else's. I'm to, as a pastor, lead my own church, not someone else's. I'm to judge righteously in my area of authority. I'm not to judge somebody else's kid. I'm not their dad. I am to judge mine to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do. So when the Bible says to judge righteously, we are supposed to judge, but we're not supposed to judge somebody else's moat when we have a beam and we're not supposed to judge somebody else a servant or child or church because they're not ours. I don't have authority over that. I don't have to judge in that, but I do have to judge in the areas of authority that God has given me. Okay. Just a point on that one. That's not most of what we want to look at today, but since we're starting with Matthew seven, thought it'd be good to do. All right. Matthew seven, verse 13. So it says in these verses, narrow is the way. So here's out of context, okay? What I like to do, like judge not that you be not judged. See, you're never supposed to judge anybody. That's out of context. So let's do that. Narrow is the way. Here is the wrong way. Everybody listen, okay? Don't cut this out, man. That's a baker's heretic. Narrow is the way. Here's a heresy. Out of context. See, you better walk that straight and narrow. Okay, straight as a gate and there is a way. If you don't walk that straight and narrow, you're not gonna go to heaven, okay? Uh, there are only gonna be a few that find it. You gotta walk that straight and narrow. You gotta live right and do right or you're not gonna make it. That's how that verse is used, okay? Now understand the context and what it's talking about. Matthew 7, verse 13, enter you in at the straight gate. Let's start there. What's a gate? It's amazing when you understand what words are and compare scripture to scripture. What's a gate? A gate is an entrance or an opening, Okay, it's a gate, an entrance or an opening. What's another word for an entrance or an opening? Hmm, Um, a door, okay. Did anybody say they are the door? Huh, entering in at the straight gate. Is that straight gate walking a straight and narrow? Or is that straight gate talking about Jesus? He is the door. And if anyone comes in any other way except Jesus, they're a thief and a robber, remember that? Okay, apply that. Compare Scripture to Scripture. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the le- way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Is that right? How many people are not trusting Jesus to save them? What is that? <laughs> okay, that is a wide, broad way that leads to destruction. Next verse, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way. Huh. All right, gate, that's a door, entrance, or an opening. Narrow is the way. Who said, I am the way? <laughs> That's Jesus too. He's the door. He's the way uh, because straight is a gate and narrow is a way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. Who is the straight gate and who is the narrow way? That is trusting Jesus Christ and him alone. And is it true that few people trust only Jesus to say them? Absolutely it is. Simple, done. Straight gate, narrow way, that's Jesus. That's not Walking the straight and narrow, making sure you're living right or you're not going to go to heaven. That is a work salvation. That's wrong. There are all kind of holes in that. We're saved by grace through faith in a hundred other verses. So how do you fit that in? Understand, what's the gate? An entrance or an opening, the door. Who is the way? That's Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Totally lines up with Scripture when you look at it and understand the context, okay? Now, next little passage, same thing, Matthew 7. So it says, wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Bless God, that person ain't saved. Look at them, look at their life, look at what they're doing. Bless God, you can look at somebody and tell by their fruits that they're saved and they ain't saved because, men ain't living right. How many times have we heard that? How many times have preachers preached that? And they don't even look at the context. Who? By their fruits ye shall know them. It'd be a good idea to know who their and them is, wouldn't that be? By their fruits ye shall know them. Um, it's a, oh well, that's all Christians. You're gonna know them by their fruits. That's not the context. Go look at verse fifteen. Here we go. Beware of false ooh prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Huh. Who is them talking about? False prophets, false preachers. Listen to false prophets. They say this is going to happen and it doesn't. They're a false preacher. You should know them by their fruits. Listen to false preachers. When they say this is going to happen and it doesn't, then they're a false prophet and mark them as that. Therefore, by their fruits, ye shall know them. Can you look at someone's life and tell whether they're saved or not? Well, bless God, I can do that. No, you can't. Was Lot saved? Let's see. Chose the selfish plains of Jordan. Um, Chose the worldly city of Sodom to go and live. Was in the gates of the city with all the rulers and leaders. Was going to give his two virgin daughters to all the men. Um, Then he got drunk and incest with his two daughters. Really? I can't find one good thing that Lot did, but God said he had a righteous soul. He had trusted Messiah to save him. You can't look at somebody and see whether they're saved. Peter quit, denied Christ, cursed, went fishing. Was he saved? Bless God, we're fruits, you'll know him, and man looking at his fruits, he ain't saved. No, he was saved, he was backslidden. You can't and I can't look at somebody to see whether they're saved or not, okay? We have no idea whether they're saved by looking at their life, all right? Um, You can't do that and I can't do that. You will judge the wrong way when you try to see if someone is saved by their fruits, you're taking this verse totally out of context. How about someone that saved this So How about someone that saved this away from God? You judge them that they're not saved. No, that is a wrong judge, okay? Go back to Matthew 7, 1. You're judging their salvation and you have no right to do that because you can't see their heart. You can't see their heart, okay? So again, that passage, it's a little parenthesis in this and it's talking about false prophets, all right? Here we go, the last one in this Matthew 7 we're going to look at. And so here it is. This is out of context again. You ready? All right. Verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So here it is. You can't just say, Lord, Lord, and go to heaven. You can't just pray a prayer and get to heaven. Bless God, you've got to do the will of God. If you're not doing the will of God, if you're not obeying God and serving God, going to church and praying and reading your Bible and living right, bless God, you can't go to heaven. You can't just say, Lord, Lord, and go to heaven. You've got to do the will of God. You've got to do the will of Father or you're not going to go to heaven. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, <laughs> what is the will of the Father? It's true. Here's the Bible. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Is that true? Absolutely. It's Bible. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So the only ones that are going to go to heaven are the ones that do the will of the Father. The question is this. Ready? What is the will of the Father? Well, that's going to church. That's praying. That's living for God. That's not doing sin. That's not drinking. That's not smoking. Not cussing. Uh, You got to do the will of the Father. Okay. That's your opinion of what the will of the Father is. What's the Bible's opinion? What's God's opinion of the will of the Father? You can't define the will of the Father by what you think. You have to define the will of the Father by what the Bible says. So what does the Bible say? We need to find in the Bible somewhere where it says what the will of the Father is. You ready? Ding, ding, ding. Here we go. John chapter 6, verse 40. And this is the will of him that sent me. Oh, who sent him? The Father, here we go, we found it. This is the will of him that sent me. Remember, rightly dividing the word of truth, comparing scripture to scripture. Here we go, we found it. And this is the will of him that sent me. What is it? What do you think? That everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at that last day. Wow, the will of the Father is to believe on him. That's the will of the Father. There's a lot of things I want my kids to do. Make your bed, take out the trash, do your chores. But what's the number one will I have for them? You better trust Jesus as your Savior so we can be together in heaven forever. Amen? What's the will of the Father? That we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the will of the Father. Just saying, Lord, Lord, is not going to take you to heaven. How many people do that? Mormons do that. Jehovah's Witness do that. All kind of false religions do that, okay? Just saying, Lord, Lord, is not gonna take you to heaven. The only ones that are gonna go to heaven are the ones that do the will of the Father. And what's the will of the Father? To believe on Jesus. <laughs> you don't believe that? Keep reading context. Next verse, okay? So not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is gonna go to heaven, only the ones that do the will of the Father. Next verse. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in thy name? prophesying. That's preaching. They preach in Jesus' name. Is that good? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, preach in Jesus' name for sure. And in thy name have cast out devils. Is that good? Sure. In Jesus' name they cast out devils. Yeah, that's great. And in thy name, not in their own name, in thy name, done many wonderful works. They did wonderful works in Jesus' name. Wow, they preach in His name, cast out devils in His name, did many wonderful works in His name. Man, these people are awesome. They're going to be in heaven and men they get rewards and oh, whoa, next verse says what? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Iniquity, they just preached in Jesus' name, cast out devils in Jesus' name, and done many wonderful works in Jesus' name. What is that iniquity? Why? He said, I never knew you. You were not trusting me to save you. You were trusting in your works to save you. I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And it is iniquity to try to think that our filthy rags of works could get us to heaven over the sacrifice of the lamb and the shed blood of the lamb. Pray tell me our filthy works, our dead works, pray tell me how that in the world can get close to Jesus, suffering, death, burial, resurrection, bloodshed, blood applied. It's iniquity to think our works could save us. I preached in your name. I did works in your name. I cast out devils in your name. See, I get to go to heaven. No. The only ones that go to heaven are the ones that do the will of the Father, which is what? To believe on Jesus. Amen. It's amazing context. It's amazing to compare Scripture to Scripture. It's amazing to answer the Bible with the Bible and not to answer the Bible with what you think the Bible says. It's amazing. When you look at, by them, you shall know them by their fruits. Uh, Who is them? Oh, that's the false prophet. You're going to know them by their fruits. Got to walk that straight and narrow way. You go to heaven. What is? No, who is a straight and narrow? That's Jesus. A straight gate? He's the door. The narrow way? I am the way, Jesus said. It's amazing how comparing Scripture to Scripture and context and rightly dividing the word of truth and see if there are any holes in it. Okay, when you see, ah, there's a hole in that, that doesn't, what about this and what about this? When you start looking at that, then that's how you're going to come up with the truth because you looked at the context, this has holes in it, compare scripture to scripture and make sure you're rightly dividing the word of truth, okay? I can't count how many times I've heard Matthew chapter seven, those passages used the wrong way. Can't count. Boy, it'd be great. If we studied to show thyself approved unto God, amen, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, and there it is, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what we need to do, okay? To be approved of God as a preacher and as a teacher of God, we need to make sure we understand context and not just preach what we want it to say or what we think it says when we haven't looked at the context of it, okay? All right. Hey, Sound Doctrine, I hope that was a help to you, and God bless you. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to The Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com.